I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Equity Mates Media, this is The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. Ask any Formula One fan what they love about the sport and they'll tell you. It's not just about fast cars, competitive team principles, and charismatic drivers. It's about innovation. A vehicle that is engineered to travel over 300 kilometers an hour just has to be manufactured with the most incredible precision. But here's a recent discovery of ours that fascinated us. Formula One's technology, it doesn't stop when the 21 Grand Prix are over and the 20 cars have left the grid. The technology used in F1 cars is improving and used in our everyday lives. With Drive to Survive Season 5 just days away, we thought it was the perfect time to find out where that innovation is implemented. It's Wednesday, the 22nd of February, and today I want to know, where is the technology developed by Formula One teams being used in my everyday life? To talk about this today, I'm joined by Darcy Cordell. Darcy, welcome to The Dive. And before we kick off, are you a Drive to Survive fan? I'm not as big a fan as you, Sasha, but I will (laughs) say that I am. I've watched the seasons and I'm right into it. (laughs) I will defend myself. It did land in my life in the middle of COVID (laughs) lockdown. So I felt like I was just looking for an obsession. But yes, it, it has. I am a newcomer to the sport but I know that it's found lots of Drive to Survive fans like me. Mm. And we know that that's helped transform the sport, especially in the USA. And we did a previous episode on the Netflix effect on F1. Check that out. I'm going to link that in the show notes. But today we did decide to go with this different angle because there are just some amazing examples of how F1 is improving our lives in ways that we never imagined. So for those who haven't joined the cult, who haven't watched the TV show, who might need a bit bit of a refresher, Darcy, tell me how many F1 teams there are and what their budgets are. Sasha, there are 10 F1 teams and some of these are the biggest names in the vehicle manufacturing world. We've got Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, Alfa Romeo, And back in 2019, Mercedes spent $484 million in one season improving their car. Ferrari in the same year spent $463 million and Red Bull spent $445 million improving their cars. So these are massive budgets and these are the big teams. They can afford to spend more than the smaller teams like Haas and AlphaTauri but it's still a massive budget. Yeah, I know, Darcy, like back of the envelope maths, that's $1.5 billion almost between the three top teams in one single year on the cars. That is huge money. No wonder they're the top teams. <laughs> but Sasha, the F1 recognised that and they saw that as a problem. So they've now put a cap on teams' budgets of about $150 million per team. Still not chump change, <laughs> but that's been put in place to equalise the competition. Okay, and Darcy, it's important to note that that 
that 150 is the full team budget. It's not just research and development, although that makes up a significant part of that budget. The notion was that motor racing technology would sooner or later trickle down to road car technology. Since the introduction of hybrid powertrains, F1 cemented itself at the forefront of technology, from consumer electronics to medical technology and smart cities. We are massive fans of F1, but we're not necessarily experts. So we did reach out to someone who is across all this information. I had the pleasure of talking to Samarth Kanal, who's a staff writer at F1, and we talked all about this topic today. Outside of the obvious use cases, which is, you know, these are car manufacturers so they can translate what they're doing with the F1 cars across into their the cars that they're selling for consumers to buy. We've seen F1 tech used in other kind of more surprising areas like city development, helping other sports, reducing emissions and even saving lives. Can you take us through some of those examples, some of your favorite examples? Yeah. So actually the the saving lives thing, I think during COVID-19, which obviously hit every country really hard. So there was something called Project Pit Lane. So a lot of the F1 teams are based in the UK. I think it's seven F1 teams are based in the UK. So they will construct their chassis they'll construct the engine if they're an engine supplier in the uk so during covid when there wasn't much f1 racing what happened was is that they pulled together their expertise they worked with the nhs the uk's health service and i think the military in some cases because a lot of medical use cases are also used in the military right so i think the the best thing that came off project pit lane or one of the best things was mercedes high performance powertrains which builds Mercedes race winning and championship winning engines, they made a device called a CPAP, uh, which is essentially a, a, a ventilator. And they used F1 technology to make sure that it would it was lightweight. Uh, it would help patients breathe better than uh, you know the oxygen mask that you see in the oxygen tank and the big ventilators. So it was lightweight, cheaper as well. So they've started rolling those out during COVID. So the, the machines that were actually used to make pistons, maybe crankshafts, stuff like that, they repurposed them to make little ventilators, uh, sent them across the world. So they even made the plans for those available online. So a hospital in Pakistan could download that plan, manufacture it themselves. So the, the plans include how to fabricate the thing. Is that saves lives itself. It was amazing, you know, during COVID to repurpose a machine that builds engines into a ventilating machine. Um, it wasn't just Mercedes, but Red Bull and Ferrari had their own uh, designs as well. I keep reading McLaren in particular coming up as a company that has lots of use cases outside F1. What are some of their examples? Well, outside F1, I mean, McLaren innovates so much and um, it's it's not just them. It'll be Williams, McLaren, uh, Red Bull have their own so everyone has to, everyone wants to kind of take F1 technology and spread it as much as possible. So McLaren, not only do they have the F1 powertrain, well, it's actually supplied by Mercedes, fine, but they supply Formula E with a ton of battery technology and energy technology like that, which is great to see something sustainable. And I think they also run a Extreme E team. So Extreme E is an all-electric off-road racing series. And that's quite cool because they promote sustainability all over the world. There's nothing to do with F1 really, but McLaren have their own team there. I've got to say Drive to Survive has like been my entryway into following F1, but most other sports I'm not <laughs> not so much up to speed with. What about supermarkets? I've heard about Williams Racing Air- Aerofoils seems to be an example that people talk about. Yeah, that's a classic one. So um now, I wish my engineering brain was a bit better for this, but I know in the UK, Asda, which is owned by Walmart and Sainsbury's, 
have this technology and it's aerofoil technology basically it means that the fridge can recirculate air more efficiently they set it up to 25 percent more efficient so it's, it's saving a ton of energy especially now for supermarkets that's a big deal so they're using f1 aerodynamic technology and transferring that into a refrigerator pretty cool technology let's take a quick break there but in a moment i'll be back with more of my conversation with samarth when we talk about the new rules in place for f1 that are starting in 2026 and these are going to have a focus on sustainability and net zero emissions we're going to talk about the impacts of those new regulations in just a minute hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Formula One is the most technologically advanced sport in the world. With hundreds of designers and engineers at every team constantly striving to shave another fraction of a second off the lap time of their cars. Welcome back to The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. And today we're talking about F1. Not just anything about F1, about how the improvements and innovations on the grid actually leave and are felt in our everyday lives. I'm having a conversation with Samarth Kanal, who is a staff writer at F1. But before we get back to that conversation, just a quick reminder to please fill out our community survey, our Equitymates community survey. You might win $500 if you that, fill that out. And it also just makes a huge difference to us here at Equitymates HQ. It helps us allocate resources. It helps us understand what you want so we can better serve that. Let's get back to my conversation with Samarth. The rules of F1 change all the time. And the rules of F1 are going to be changing for new regulations coming in in 2026 that do have this focus on sustainability and having net zero emissions. So what technology are we seeing the teams working on at the moment that are working on that as a goal? The F1 rules changes for 2026 are just engine based and they've been frozen now. So that means that teams aren't spending a ton of money to develop their engines as they used to do. So they're not spending so much money because the rules have been what they call frozen. That means that now new suppliers like Audi and Ford are going to come in for 2026. And there's always talk of more. I'm sure there's a lot of interest. But So we're going to see Audi and Ford back in the sport, uh, which is amazing. And sustainability is a big part. So from 2026, it's going to be three times the electrical power, I think, from the power unit. So that, that reduces the combustion side of things. But that doesn't mean there's less power. It means that the figure could hover around a thousand bhp still which is amazing so it means more electrical power more efficiency but the same kind of high speeds that we see already i think the engines are going to be simpler which is cool i want to say it's the mguh that they're taking out which is a part of the engine it's called a motor generator unit heat which would store heat energy and convert it into whatever energy goes into the engine and makes the car move with a simpler engine, it means that you can tempt the likes of Audi and Ford to come in because then they can use that F1 technology and bring it to their road car. So simpler is always better. It also means that if Ford is making an F1 engine or at least working with Red Bull to perfect that F1 engine, they can take that technology back to a Ford Fiesta or Focus or a Ute and then uh, you know and, and have a more safe 
efficient and uh, sustainable road car. That's great. It was great for everyone. It really plays into that idea where you were saying better competition just always ends up with a better result for everyone, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing I love about Formula One is that there's so many untold stories in a way. Are there any other particular favorite stories or use cases? You said there's so many like hidden stories that you can think of. Yeah, tons. I mean, uh, my brother is a doctor and they still teach this a medical school, I think, but it's the uh, the Ferrari pit crew one. It's a really famous one. Uh, now, I don't have a medical degree. So when I explain it, that it's going to be lacking detail, but basically I think it was handing over a patient from surgery to intensive care. And sometimes in doing that, there could be a lot of mistakes, sometimes fatal, you know, which is, which is horrible. And um, they used the Ferrari pit crew, I think this is a long time ago, I will say, and, and pit stops have become even faster now. So I ho- hopefully they're, they're up to date with the pit stops. So they took that use case into hospitals and said, well, why are F1 pit stops so efficient, quick, and generally quite safe? Sometimes you'll see someone take a tumble, but they're really safe. And they brought that to hospitals. So when they're handing over a patient from surgery to intensive care, they do it in the same way as an F1 pit stop where they have everyone has their own little bit, everyone does their own little checks. And when the green light is given, you know that every single check has been done and that patient is safe. It's brilliant. So that's an awesome one, I think. Before we go, who's your pick for the upcoming season? <laughs> It'll be good to know. We're on the on the eve of it all start kicking off. Um, it'll be coming to Australia soon, which is really exciting. So it'd be great to know what the inside track is, pardon the pun. Or your thoughts? <laughs> well, it's difficult. We just had a new era of regulations and Red Bull nailed it. So they're the ones to beat. And I think Max Verstappen's driving at an incredible level. I mean, last year he set a record with victories, uh, you know, something very few drivers even get to. So I would say Verstappen's still the man to beat. That doesn't mean that Mercedes and Ferrari won't be right on their tail. Um, we also have exciting rookies, Oscar Piastri, he's Australian, and uh, there's also the Rookie of the Year contest that I'm looking forward to to see how Piastri fares against Logan Sargent, who's American. It's good to have an American on the grid again. And uh, Nick DeVries, who's a fellow Dutchman, just like Verstappen. Um, so it's, it's really exciting. There's so many storylines. Yeah, can't wait. Thanks so much for your time today, Samarth. If you want to read more of his writing, then go to formulaone.com or follow him on Twitter. I'm going to make sure to put his handle in the show notes. Really appreciated your time today. Darcy. What did you learn from that conversation? I think the key takeaway is just the variety of use cases for F1 technology. It's pretty incredible. So Marth mentioned there's energy storage, aerofoil technology that's improved our fridges and you can see them in supermarkets all around the world. Of course, there's hospitals that are helping save lives with learnings from F1 teams. It really just shows that outside of the entertainment and the drama of F1, the technology being developed is genuinely improving our lives and and the planet. And it's going to be fascinating to see how the new regulations and budget cap might impact this going forward. Well, we might leave it there for today. Only two more sleeps, Darcy, until Trap to Survive comes out. Not that I'm accounting or anything. And I kind of watched (laughs) (laughs) and I watched the season, so I know what's gonna happen. 
Before I go, a quick reminder that FinFest is back for 2023, the 11th of November. Make sure that you register, go to equitymates.com, put your details in, and then you're going to be the first to keep up to date, access the early bird ticket prices, find out about the schedule, all the inside information. And if you want to keep the conversation going with us at The Dive, then contact us by email, thedive at equitymates.com or hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening right now and then you'll never miss an episode. Darcy, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Sasha. Go Verstappen. (laughs) Until next time. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Thank you.